Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I am your illustrious host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. I'm about to hit 3 million followers. Oh, if you don't follow me in there, what are you doing? Everyone does. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, tomorrow is a big day for a lot of people. There's a lot of anticipation. I can already hear the people's feet rumbling because tomorrow is the pre-sale day to get tickets to the Eras Tour by Taylor Swift. And people are lining the troops, making alliances to try to get a good ticket. Because even if you got the pre-sale registration you might not get the verified fan pass so right now i've made an alliance with like seven people hoping that one of us gets a verified fan pass so one of us can buy us front row tickets to taylor swift and guess what four of us have already gotten it so i don't know it's looking pretty good for me that i'm gonna get a good ass seat to the eras tour i don't know about you but it's every man for themselves okay so good luck i feel like we're storming the beach at normandy on D-Day tomorrow. I'm waking up early and I cannot wait. May the odds be ever in your favor. Today, I'm very excited about today's episode. We have a lot of tea to discuss, including Pete Davidson having a new sexy, sexy girlfriend. One of the hottest people I've ever seen in my life. You're going to die when you find out who it is. We're going to talk about his dick size. We're going to talk about Dave Chappelle pulling a fast one on SNL to support Kanye West and try to get him some love back. Then we're going to play the very sad funeral speeches that happened at takeoff's funeral we're going to talk about julia fox being a tiktok guru and the very important and inspirational messages she has for us that you should really hear today and then we're going to continue our whole drake hates women saga and this time the woman is taylor swift but before we get into all of that make sure you rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast leave a cute little review Screenshot yourself listening to it and post it to your Instagram story and tag me. Let all your friends know the amazing podcast you're listening to. It helps the podcast grow. Your friends can see it because we don't have big companies doing it for us. And I appreciate you so much. I will DM you and show you so much love if you do. And without further ado, class, get in your seats because Pop Culture University is in session. You guys, Pete Davidson is the present day Hugh Hefner. He is bagging hoes, bagging Playboy bunnies. He's on the most historic run that should be studied by men for years to come and put in a museum. Men, when they pass him on the street, must just bow down to him because 
of the women he's bagging. He has a new girlfriend. And as we know, he's dated Ariana Grande and Kim Kardashian. So the stakes could not be higher. The bar is way up in the sky. He has to get a bad bitch from heaven itself to match what he's pulled in the past. Because if not, he's going to get clowned. If he downgrades that hard, imagine he goes to someone like Bad Baby. That would be the end of Pete Davidson. So he couldn't go that low. He had to stay high. And guess what, you guys? He fucking did. He got one of the hottest women in the industry. Truly, I think one of the hottest top five women I've ever seen in my life. And that is none other than Emily Ratajkowski, the actress and model of a lifetime. Women copy her face. Kendall Jenner copied her face because she's so iconic. If you don't know what she looks like, please go look up a picture right now. She's one of the baddest to ever do it. So Pete had his eyes on her. He swung and he hit because they were seen hanging out. So first, Dumois, the Bible, Dumois, posted about, ooh, Pete Davidson seen out with an A-list actress and model. Then Twitter was ablaze talking about, was was Pete Davidson out with Emily Ratajkowski? What? Oh my God. Then Us Weekly reported that they were seen holding hands and were all over each other and clearly, clearly hooking up. Now, if I was Kim Kardashian, I'd be sweating a little bit. Emily is gorgeous. Kim was probably not worried, laid back, cool. You know, there's no way he can go up even further than me. And well, I don't think in terms of social hierarchy, how elite she is, Kim is still higher, but the looks of Emily Ratajkowski... Kim may be feeling a little bit insecure right now. Kim's like, damn. Now people are going to compare me to Emily. Emily's all natural too, so Kim might be second-guessing things. This is what she gets for editing him out of all the episodes of Keeping Up With The Kardashians that we know he was supposed to be in. Emily is an author. Emily is a TikTok guru as well. She is always in people's business. We always find a way to talk about her on this podcast because she's good at keeping her name in the press. She was with Brad Pitt allegedly last month we were hoping that wasn't true because even though brad pitt is brad pitt he's also in abuser and we do not support that and emily does not need to be with someone like that and even though i think p is a little bit of a clout chaser and that might be what he's doing in this situation because you guys his name was trending number one worldwide today it was deja vu when he was with ariana and then with kim and now emily this is his strategy for fame he's like the male kim kardashian and now i get why they got along so much And I can't believe he's pulled another one. It's not really surprising, though, because in the past, Emily has praised Pete during an appearance on a talk show. And she said that he's super charming and they worked together on a photo shoot. And she said that she kind of wanted to explain why women might find Pete so endearing and attractive. And she said, Pete, well, he's got the height. Obviously, women find him very attractive. Guys are like, wow, what does that guy have? And I'm just like, I mean, he's super charming. He's vulnerable. He's lovely. His fingernail polish is awesome. He looks good. I think women like Pete because Pete is such a simp. He's like a puppy dog boyfriend. And I think women almost kind of like a man that they can fix up, like a fixer-upper. I don't know why. I think they find it exciting and pete is a good package because he is super successful it's not like he's a scrub loser he does have his struggles so that kind of makes him the fixer upper but he still has his own thing he's really attractive he kind of has that like 
I don't know if this is weird to say, like a porn star look to him. He just has like a sexy but unconventional look to him. He just looks very unique and I'm kind of attracted to him too. So I get why women are drawn to him. And if we see him walking around with Emily branded onto his forehead for all of eternity next week, we know what happened. Something else that happened with Pete this week is that his friend and fellow comedian, Jay Farrow, exposed him for how big his penis is. (laughs) So we finally know. As if they're 12-year-olds comparing size. We, you know, the, the eighth wonder of the world, Pete Davidson's dick, has been exposed to us. So Jay Farrow told an outlet about a recent experience interaction he had with Pete. And he was talking about his manhood and he said that he talked to him and asked him, Pete, man, what is it? What is it? What do you do? What was it? How do you do it? As in, how does he pull all these elite women in the entertainment industry? Hottest women in the world. And this is what Pete told Jay. He said, he told me it was his endowment. That's what he told me it is. He was like, yeah, bro, it's like nine inches. And I was like, word. Oh, snap. We're twins. That's crazy. I'm definitely not their triplet, unfortunately. So I guess I won't be pulling bitches like them. I guess size does matter to women. But he did continue and say, it's not all the size. He said, if a woman can't talk to you after you hook up and she sees the peen and everything, she's going to run to somebody with maybe not as big as a blank as you. So you got to be able to listen. You got to have everything in the relationship. And that's the thin line. Pete is a sweet dude. He's sweet. He's vulnerable. I mean, at least we know, <laughs> you know, what he's packing now. I thought it could have been bigger. I thought it could have been a $5 foot long. But now we know. I guess that's not like gargantuanly sized big. Maybe he just has that perfect premium size, but not too big package down there. And that's why the whole thing is just really perfect for the women. But it kind of interests me because... Jay says you have to have the full package to make it last. But Pete, I'm sorry, bro. You never make it last. I think his problem is, yes, he entices people with his success, his looks, and his BDE. But, I mean, even Kim said that. She said, I kind of just wanted to hook up with him. Totally fair. That's fine. So he entices people with that. But I think Pete wants a relationship. He's this hopeless romantic. He's just too vulnerable. I think he almost, like, scares them away in a bit so before it gets too serious they promise too much to him or before they get married like before him and ariana grande got married they call it off so whatever happens with him and emily i hope this works out for him he doesn't repeat history does then repeat history boy i'm trying to meet your mama i hope he doesn't repeat history and i hope he gives this relationship with Emily a fair shot before he rushes into it and potentially scares her away. I just hope he learns his lesson, but I think it's cool that he's dating and trying to find the one. Even though I do think he's a cloud chaser and I'm not always on his side, he does deserve happiness. And if he wants to date the hottest women in the world, just just see if it works out with them. Good for him. So what can we learn from this? You can be hot like the women he dates. You can be successful like the women he dates. You can have a huge dick like Pete. But the only thing that will make anyone stay is a real, genuine connection that is strengthened through effort and communication. A pretty face will get you in the door, but it won't keep you in the room. So what I'm saying is, yes, try to look good. Try to 
attract people with whatever social currency, but don't put too much effort and attention onto the superficial stuff if you're really trying to find the you're the one to be with forever it's not as important as you think it's not made to last focus on building yourself becoming interesting uh discovering who you are because the more you know yourself the better you're going to be able to find the perfect match and in the meantime try out a bunch of people there's no shame in shamelessly dating a lot of people in your 20s regardless of what people say they can such shame you they can do whatever but you're playing the field until you find someone who's perfect for you so don't let anyone shame you for that it's giving ball speech it's giving bad bitch never ever play me like i'm it's giving rich bitch it's giving rich bitch it's giving bad bitch never ever play me like i'm average it's giving big barking close the curtain in the rolls royce that's what it's giving me bitch i don't know what it's giving y'all y'all hoes giving bro after weeks of kanye west losing billions of dollars and billions of fans as he deserved there's one human in the world who seems to be trying to offer him a life vest and not let him drown at sea does he deserve it but dave chappelle of all people not surprising stuck his neck out to soften kanye's life from plummeting as it has been the uber famous comedian was hosting snl for the millionth time i'm sure i didn't count and he did a 15 minute monologue narcissist okay most of them are like three minutes long, but he wanted to do 15. I get it, though. He's a stand-up comedian. He wanted to show his chops. And here's here's the gap, you guys. This is crazy. All week when Dave was rehearsing this monologue and, you know, doing the dress rehearsals and in front of the producers and the crew, he was doing a fake monologue for them because he didn't want them to know what the real one was going to be. He put on this whole show for them. And then pulled one out under the rug. And his whole monologue was about Kanye West and his anti-Semitic comments. They would have never let that air if they knew. And what I think is, first of all, Dave is kind of an attention whore. So I'm not surprised for this. And Dave knew he's probably the only comedian that could get away with something like this. Because he has so much respect in, in the industry and in the, I guess, SNL circle. Because he's been there so many times. And Dave and Kanye are friends. And Dave infamously always comes to Kanye's defense. I'm not really sure why. Maybe he's just messy, wants to get in drama. He has a savior complex. But I'm going to play you the most, oh my God, I cannot believe he said that. Is he trying to ruin his career moments from the SNL monologue? Because it was bad. Some of the writers and producers didn't even want to work with him this week. They boycotted the, the, the show. So he is going to mention... Kanye's death con comments on the Jewish people. He's going to joke about Jewish people, trigger warning. And then at the end, he like agrees with Kanye's whole sentiment that Jewish people in Hollywood are the Jewish people he was talking about, that he was going to go death con three on because they rule the industry in really shady, greedy ways and try to fuck over all the entertainers. That's what Kanye West was saying. Jewish people are the higher ups and they lock people in fucky contracts and steal their business whatever so here's dave chappelle's 
insane monologue. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, but before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. <laughs> I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms. <laughs> and I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, is how you buy yourself some time. Vaguely, I remember it started with a tweet, strange tweet. It was like, um, I'm feeling a little sleepy. I'm going to give me some rest, but when I wake up, I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jews. And then he just went to bed. I was up all night worried. What is he going to do to the Jews? Ironically, Adidas was founded by Nazis. And they were offended. I saw one news pundit screaming about Kanye. She said, mental health is no excuse for that type of language. Yes, it is, bitch. You kill somebody if you're mentally ill. Listen, okay, I don't think Kanye is crazy at all. I think he's possibly not well. Well, I've been to Hollywood. No one's y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you. I've been to Hollywood. This was just what I saw. It's a lot of juice. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> but that didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. That mean we run the place. <laughs> see if you had some kind of issue you know what I mean you might go out to Hollywood and your mind might start connecting some kind of lines and you could maybe adopt the delusion that the Jews run show business it's not a crazy thing to think but it's a crazy thing to say out loud in a kind of like this people were mad yeah I cannot believe he said that thing in the end that he said that's not a crazy thing to say Bro, you just saw him lose billions of dollars and you're going to say it wasn't a crazy thing to say? That's like a career suicide. I'm sorry, but if my friend jumps off a bridge, I ain't going with them. I love you, girl, but you ruined yourself. Like that, you are hateful. You deserve that. People on Twitter were upset. They said that Dave Chappelle SNL monologue probably did more to normalize anti-Semitism than anything Kanye said. Everyone knows Kanye is nuts. Chappelle points himself as a teller of difficult truths that's worse someone else said i love de chapelle but this snl monologue is just very sus that's not a joke that's just anti-semitic as i said a lot of writers and producers boycotted this i'm sure more wanted to after the episode aired i agree it was very problematic i don't like that he was making light of the situation i don't like that he said that that's a crazy thing to say out loud as if a lot of people were thinking it behind closed doors and i don't know it just, the whole thing makes me feel icky. A part of me is, I, I guess I like seeing some light in the comedy industry because I think it's hard to be a comedian right now with cancel culture and people getting tackled on stage and smacked in the face on, at the Oscars and everything like that. I appreciate him trying to soften the blow, but he really shouldn't have said that's something to agree with. And 
something that you should say. I think he could have joked about it. He did make some funny jokes about Jewish people that weren't attacking them. It was more just playful. And a lot of, I mean, all groups of people get jokes made against them. They were respectful and tasteful, but I think he just went a bit too far to protect his friend. Kanye tweeted this week that even furthered his whole kind of point that he said, Kanye said, they can't control me. They can control Shaq. They can control Charles Barkley. They can control LeBron James. They can control Jay-Z and Beyonce, but they can't control me. Ain't no name I won't name. It's up. So clearly Kanye is still on his whole escapade to come for a lot of Jewish people. I'm sure not all of the Jewish people, even though he loves Hitler, but he still wants to come for a lot of them, clearly. And I, he just needs to say it in a different way. If, if he was seriously taking a stand and like saying there's corruption in the industry because of the people who lead it, you don't have to say it's about Jewish people. He could have actually like made a difference or something. But now Dave Chappelle agreeing with him, it's just going to give Kanye fuel to the fire and make him think what he's saying is not crazy. Dave is pretty problematic by his own, though. I don't know if you guys knew this, but a lot of people don't like Dave Chappelle anymore. He was canceled a little bit permanently, too, at least by a lot of people, because he said some really transphobic things in the past. And when I heard these like a year ago and I made a TikTok about it, I was shocked. He was actually tackled on stage by someone who didn't like his transgender hateful comments. And there's a video you can find online if you want. It's like all of Dave Chappelle's friends rushing to the stage to beat the attacker's ass, like broke his arm, broke his leg. There's like a photo of him bloody or something afterwards because he literally tackled Dave to the ground. But Dave in the past has said, well, he's first of all, he's referred to transgender people as, quote, transgenders, as if there's some kind of like mentally ill group. Like, why are you referring to the group as transgenders and not trans people like he, he was trying to give them in a insulting nickname without making it blatantly insulting and we can see through that dave he said that gender is a fact on stage in front of thousands of people in a crowd and he knew more people would see it because he's famous online that's very harmful and a few other transgender stand-up comedians even came out and spoke out against him which i really appreciated and i like what they said one of them said, when he talks about the trans community, he's not talking about them. He's speaking out against them. And that's the difference between saying something funny about the trans community and saying something offensive about the trans community. Dave Chappelle is really drawing the line here. And I know comedy is supposed to be emotion evoking and touchy, but we live in a world these days that you can't say anything you want and use the shield of saying I'm a comedian and it's comedy as your excuse. And I love that we live in a world like that because we're not letting people get away with saying things like gender is a fact or saying things like going death con three on the Jewish people is not a crazy thing to say because it is. And I like that he's being held responsible. He cannot use this excuse anymore to push hate speech. And he's going to have to deal with that or else comedy is not going to be a good place for him. So what can we learn from all of this that can apply to our lives? I think whenever we make jokes, and are having playful conversations, whatever, we can learn what that transgender comedian said, that next time we tell jokes that pertain to a certain group of people, because those jokes are fine, whatever, it happens to everyone, we have to make sure we are speaking about them and not against them. And I don't think we should laugh and encourage our friends who are saying things that are hate speech and speaking out against people. At least I don't. If you miss a boy, I won't mind as long as you don't stop.
I still cannot believe Takeoff has died. It is so sad. I feel just yesterday I was singing motorsport, trying to be bad and bougie, trying to be something that I was totally not, but having the best time as I was doing it. And that's all thanks to Takeoff. Why do I feel like when people die, they just rush the procession so fast? It's like, give me a minute before we do the wake and the funeral. It's a lot. But Takeoff already had his. He had his at the State Farm Arena, and thousands of fans drove from near and far and took off work to pay their final respects they lined up early in the morning and they were allowed to get in the arena at noon to show up and you know see the whole affair going on it was really sad though i don't know if i would even want to be in that room with just the sadness in the air like i don't know if i could take it i'm i'm fragile like that something about seeing such a grown hard man cry and when i say hard man i don't mean like their penises i mean like just just like a hard ass who is so tough because you know like men aren't supposed to cry and shit so you know when they're like just publicly crying it makes me cry it upsets me and they were crying as they should be i mean totally understandable behavior but offset and quavo both gave really sad speeches about takeoff and Oh my God, that's like burying their brother. I still cannot believe it. I'm so pissed off that he died. And I mean, I'm not even Amigo's stan. It just makes me so sad. That man was in his prime. He was still making music that were getting insane numbers. He was on The Tonight Show like three weeks ago performing. And now he's dead. His life was just taken away from him like that. Swept under the fucking rug beneath his feet. Insane. He was in his fucking prime. Anyway, I'm going to play the speeches that Offset and Quavo gave and then a little speech that Drake gave and they're all very sad. So prepare for man tears. Whenever he would take his shades off, he had this thing about him that I loved no matter what was going on around us. He was like always kind of squinting, but like his eyes were wide open. You always with me and we did everything together. Since we was kids, you've been by my side. Looking up at me with them eyes, same eyes you got as your my sister. Waiting on me to make the next move, and you followed up right behind me. You always made sure I did it first, so you can do it right with me. You never competed with me. We was always on the same team because you hated playing against me because I always played too hard or too rough. And I can hear mama saying, not too rough, son. Cause I ain't like to lose. Remember our first dream? Was to be tag team partners in the WWE. We fell in love with WWE wrestling. We had every... Change the culture of music forever. You did that, Tate. You changed that flow. That flow came from Tate, the originator. He the originator of that flow. He changed the music. Lord, give us the strength. Just give me some, give us the strength, the family, everybody. Give us some strength. I don't want to question you, God, but I just don't. 
don't get it. I don't get you sometimes. And I believe in you, Father, but Yeah. Oh my god, like picturing them just like growing up together, like he's saying they wanted to do like WWE together and they were always there for each other. <laughs> Stop the fucking violence. I can't take it anymore. After the funeral, Offset tweeted that he wish they could laugh together again and they wish they could smoke one with him again. <laughs> and that's just so real. Like you only smoke one and lay back with your family, with your best of friends. And the fact that they can't just get high on a couch together right now is a tragedy. Um, Chloe Bailey and Justin Bieber performed at the funeral. I mean, Slay, what a lineup. Not that it's like a festival or anything, but two amazing artists. I would love for them to perform at my funeral if I, if I could could book them. And, and imagine if I died and left no money to anyone. I just paid for Justin Bieber to perform at my funeral. Anyway, I feel so bad for Quavo and Offset. I mean, I don't even know which one I feel worse for. Quavo and him were like BFFs. They're literally uncle and nephew. And then like him, him and Offset left off on such a bad terms that Offset's just going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. There was a video of like a lot of famous people like Offset's colleagues comforting him and hugging him and stuff and it was really touching cardi b posted after this is kind of like a lengthy thing but i just really liked what she said it kind of gave us insight to like how quavo and offset feel about everything um she posted take off your untimely passing has brought a great deal of pain and sorrow to so many lives the impact you had in this world was so considerable and we have struggled to grasp this tragedy i'm heartbroken but i'm grateful for all the precious memories we got to share with you while you were here with us this has truly been a nightmare and the pain is incomparable. The emptiness your brothers are feeling is unbearable and I pray that you will give Offset, Quavo, and your friends and family the strength to keep going as they try to cope with the loss. I believe that angels send signs and beautiful dreams to loved ones to assure them that they're watching them and they're okay and happy. Send your mom some of those. As Amigos fan, it hurts me to look at pictures and videos of you guys together and hearing your guys songs that changed the music industry and moved the culture and had the clubs lit it's hard because i know it will never be the same again but i know your bros and your fans will make sure that the world will never forget the impact you made i will remember your remarkable talent and your dope ass personality i pray that you are at peace and in paradise because you deserve every bit of it i know god opened the heavenly gates for you with a warm embrace rest in power take off i will love you for life and after yeah i think she worded that really well and i'm wishing them the most healing and i mean but god how can you even heal from this i feel like they'll never like truly heal from this but i'm just hope i'm wishing them the most peace and this process for them is the least amount of painful that it can be and offset um i mean i, I just hope take off appears in their dreams and is looking over them as their angel i was actually at my grandma's funeral today not to bring the mood even down more, but yeah, I was at my grandma's funeral today. I had to wake up real early for it. I was like the the pallbearer and everything, carrying this casket with people in my family. I feel like I can put like pallbearer on my resume now, right? <laughs> I'm kidding, but it, it was a sad day seeing my aunts and uncles crying and everything. She was 91. Me and her were not the closest in the whole world, but that's fine. It was still just very sad seeing her go because she was my grandma and everything but i'm glad she got to live a really long life and 
just had so many things to be grateful for throughout the way. Do you guys want to know the most insane thing? This was a total accident. I, first of all, the last time I talked to my grandma, I was so drunk. Like, it was such a conversation that you should not be having with your grandma. Talk, talking about how my friends are gay and lesbians and this person is a lesbian and they're not even like gay. Like it was such a last horrible conversation to have with her. I'm so sorry. And then I was at her funeral and well, no, I was at the wake and guess what notification I got on my phone. It's time to be real. (laughs) It's time to be real. And I was at that wake for like five hours. So I take it out and I'm like talking to people, my brother and my sister and his girlfriend. And I'm just like, you guys like get in my be real. Ha ha ha. So I get them all in it. And I'm focusing on the back camera. You know, I'm trying to make them look funny, you know, squeeze them all in. I'm not even focusing on the front facing camera. So I take the photo and it's kind of just me smiling with like a double chin, just barely trying to get in the front camera view. And then I post it, not even realizing it, just happy I got everyone on the back camera. And then my friend comments, too real with the open casket in the background. I go, what? Huh? I look at the photo. Behind my happy, smiling, never looking happier before face is my grandma's open casket. And that was on the feed for hours before I realized that her open casket made it to my be real. I was too fucking real that day. I just cannot let her rest in peace, can I? She got to be real one more time. Oh my God, I felt so bad. And then we were at lunch afterwards and my cousin told my mom that she was in my be real and I my mom like laughed but at the same time she I could tell that she like did not want that photo out there but I was like a fucking horse this is what you get when I I barely even post on be real I usually just skip it and I'm like of course the day I actually choose to post this is just something that would happen to me but anyway back to the whole takeoff stuff we can stop talking about me being a horrible grandson for one last time letting her down one last time (laughs) Back to the takeoff stuff. What can we learn from this whole conversation? Life can end at any moment. 28 or 91, like my grandma. Some people live fuller lives if they've only lived to 28. Then if they died, over 100 years old. You know what I'm saying? Takeoff was only 28, but he followed every dream he had. He followed his impulses since he was born, chasing his most inner hopes and desires since he was in his teens since he was in his teens he started this whole thing with Quavo and he succeeded and he did it his way he lived life in the fast lane he was not afraid to share his own ideas and because of that he'll be remembered as an innovator who really lived he was kind and gentle because he was confident and that's why he was such a legend so be like takeoff don't live for tomorrow Live for now, live for today, chase your dreams today, do something that fulfills you today, and don't wait until you're old and gray to do so, because you n- you never know when you can be called to heaven above. Some people live their whole lives without ever being themselves and living the life that they want to and chasing their passions and just waking up every day and being excited about life. And my worst fear is looking back and thinking that I just let life pass me by. Even if I am, you know, um, lucky enough to live so long, I want to live every day as if it's 
my last. And every day is a day to leave your legacy. Now onto something more positive and empowering. 21st century cult leader Julia Fox <laughs> has shared a lot of wisdom on TikTok, and that's why she's gone from being just another post-Kimye, Kanye fill-in girlfriend to a certified icon of her own. She has 1.2 million followers on TikTok, less than me. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? But she talks about everything from women's rights to men needing to wash their ass, which I think is something that should be talked about on Capitol Hill in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Because apparently some people don't do that. When I was younger, I would think I was weird kind of being in the shower, like spreading my ass cheeks and like getting the soap up in there. But what if I never did that? Like, I can't believe some people just never had that thought cross their mind. I'm someone who like if I'm in the presence of other humans and I take a like a shit. Or <laughs> I'm getting too comfortable on this podcast. Or like I'm with my boyfriend and I take a shit. I want to shower literally just after that. Just after that. Just to make sure my ass smells good. Apparently a lot of straight guys do not do that though. And that's very worrisome. I always think I'm so lucky for being gay. I never have to really encounter straight men. I can hang out with gay guys and, and girls. It's It's the best. But spread your cheeks next time you're in the shower. That's the main lesson today. Anyway, this week she touched on the topic of anti-aging because not that she's old, she's only 32, but in the entertainment industry, especially like modeling industry where she's in, 32 could be considered prehistoric with creeps in the industry like Leonardo DiCaprio who will only date 21 year olds or these other freaks, Scott Disick, who will only date 19 year olds. You could be sent out to the pasture by the time you're 25. You know, they want to walk you into the field with a shotgun and just put you down. Not anymore, though. And Julia Fox is leading that revolution, as she should. And she's the Mockingjay that we all need, that we we didn't know she needed. Ever since we saw her go grocery shopping in her bikini, we knew she was the one to lead us to freedom. To freedom! Anyway, most women combat this whole anti-aging culture that we live in by getting filler botox bitches want to rip their face off to not age to the point where they're sitting with dr debro and dr nassif on botched one of the best shows on e but julia will not be following this trend she's ending the anti-aging trend and she says she's going to embrace age age naturally and it's not going to scare her and she did two viral tiktoks this week talking about it and listen up because she is the chosen one just so you guys know, aging is fully in. Like, fully. Dirty girl, ugly, um, not wearing clothes that fit your body type, just fully just wearing anything you want. Um, all those things are in. And if I see another product that says anti-aging on the label, I'm suing. I'm going to sue. 
I'm going to sue because I'm going to age regardless of if I put that fucking $500 serum on my face and you all fucking know it and we know it. So let's stop lying to ourselves. Getting old is fucking hot. Okay. It is sexy. It is probably the sexiest time in life actually, because being being pretty and, and hot in your 20s is the fucking trenches, okay? And I'm not going back there. Okay, I want to address this comment because you're right. 30s not old. But I literally cried on my 27, uh, 27th birthday because I could no longer say mid-20s. I'd officially be in my late 20s. Okay, so this is how deep this shit is for women. And K Jane 700, I don't know. You seem like a Karen. The K is probably for Karen. I don't know. But I'm telling you, like in the entertainment industry, 30 is fucking considered old. And, um, dude, the fucking guy I buy my vapes off of, every time I, every time he cards me, well, I literally, I actually stopped going to him, but he used to card me every single time and he'd always be like 32. Wow. Like you look good for your age. And, and I literally had stopped going. I love her for saying those things. She is such a legend. And anytime she comes up on my for you page, I'm like, <gasps> and I get so excited and I listen up, turn up the volume, tune down the world. Julia Fox is speaking. Hello. I need to do my eye shadow like her. I kind of did on Halloween when I was a, like a skeleton. I painted my eyes totally black and just that's the julia fox look anyway i agree with her i just think the anti-aging industry is one of the yuckiest there is anytime even when i was younger i would see these commercials imploring women to buy serums and like shame them for seeing a wrinkle i would think it was the, the nastiest thing like oh like do they not realize that is super hurtful and offensive telling women or men who are literally watching these commercials just in between shows that they love that they shouldn't wrinkle in. The commercials will start like, uh-oh, do you see ugly fucking forehead wrinkles, you old hag? And then they'll be like, if you buy this $100 serum, you'll be loved again. It's just disgusting. And I'm glad people are speaking out about it. What I feel like people don't say a lot is that aging is a privilege. A lot of people don't get to age. Life takes them before that. We just talked about takeoff. And I feel like you don't really realize that until you know someone that died young. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, no, I'm actually really okay with aging. And I'm really thankful that I get to grow older because there's a lot of people who did not make it. It's amazing that people actually make it through life and get through their 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond into their 90s. Like my grandma, it's like even beyond because there's so many things that can happen along the way. And aging is just really a privilege and i think it needs to be seen as that more that this isn't me shaming people who want to get plastic surgery who want to do this and that because if someone wants to get that stuff done because appearance is super, super important to them and it's their passion beauty aesthetics blah 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 i support that i think you should if you want to or this is a very common thing you can't get past the insecurity of aging you've been conditioned to feel that way humans i guess maybe just naturally like a youthful look more i totally get it if you cannot get past that it's easier said than done i just wish there wasn't so much shame around the whole thing to be honest though i literally have an appointment tomorrow with the uh chicago cos cosmetic surgery and dermatology place in chicago where i'm getting like shots in my head <laughs> 
to like grow hair on my head. I, I mean, it's called PRP. It's a cosmetic procedure. Basically helps you thicken the hair that you have and grow more back because I feel like my hair is thinning. I feel like it falls out. I've talked about this with you guys before. I have hair fallout from stress and it's called tilogen effluvium. And I guess I'm just a vain bitch. I want fuller hair and it's very expensive. And they take blood from my arm, transfuse it into the plasma and then inject the plasma into my head. And it's the most proven hair cosmetic procedure that you can get. I am kind of nervous for it. Um, I hope it will go good. I'll definitely let y'all know how that goes for me tomorrow. But I feel like as though I've like fallen victim to the anti-aging thing. Balding is obviously a sign of an older man aging. But a lot of guys have to face that in their life um, in many different ways. By the time men are 50, over, I guarantee you, 65% of men have seen balding or are visibly balding to a certain point. And it really does affect a lot of people. So I get that stuff like this anti-aging is not as easy to get over as it seems. And if it's really important to you, you should get it done. But what I'm saying is it should be a personal choice. It shouldn't be based on external factors. Oh my God, people are going to shame me for this and that. Me, personally, the aesthetic of hair in my head is just something that I've always felt very attached to. I'm very into my whole look, aesthetic, my vanity the appearance of my whole face and it's super important to me and I'm not doing it because I think other people wouldn't would bully me if I didn't I'm doing it for me and that is it so if you want to get a procedure done for you do that but there shouldn't be shame around it so what can we learn if an industry's main marketing ploy starts with shaming or is built off of shaming you don't need it and that's a big red flag that you should not buy into it and completely ignore it mute the tv skip the ad you should not be seeing that it's a rich disgusting man trying to sell you something that you don't need that they are going to try to bully you into getting it's the it's the patriarchy it's capitalism big red flag anything that is centered around shaming you do not need and we need to fix immediately Okay, so majorly switching gears, I think another important lesson that we can learn from someone who is definitely doing the whole anti-aging thing, and I don't even think this woman is going to age ever. I can see her being 80 looking the fucking same. And that is Kim Kardashian. And I think what we can learn from this story I'm about to say is that where there is a will, there is a way. Something that I really respect about Kim, I don't agree with everything she does. Definitely I don't. But I truly believe Kim is one of the hardest working people in Hollywood for sure. I admire her so much. She has had a vision from day one and she's had the confidence to carry it out, the drive to not stop. And that is what I think has taken her so far. I truly think Kim is mostly at least self-made and the amount of I respect her is insane. She's a legend. And I think that hard work and determination applied to her Met Gala look this year. So we saw the Marilyn outfit on the red carpet. Of course, everyone saw it. Her and Pete. It was a big moment. And I almost didn't talk about this today because I feel like people are just sick of hearing about that damn Marilyn dress. We get it. She's a Hollywood legend. But I think we just need to talk about it again because she went over really what it took to get into that dress on the latest episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We just saw the moment, the 10 minutes she was wearing it on the carpet and all the glamorous photos on those iconic art museum stairs in new york with millions of photographers 
but she went through hell to have the glory for 10 minutes. So we knew she lost the weight for it. She lost 16 pounds in three weeks. It, that's insane. She no doubt starved herself for sure. I'm sorry to break it to you. She didn't just eat vegetables and work out and wear a, a sauna suit. You cannot lose 16 pounds in three weeks out being in a major unhealthy calorie deficit. I've spoken about it before. I think it's okay because Kim, that's part of her job. It's like a movie actor preparing for a role. She even said that on the show and I totally agree with her. I don't think she's saying that this was normal and do it. But the whole saga of what it really took. So first of all, just to start this saga off, Kim had this idea. She wasn't even going to go to the Met Gala this year because she didn't think she could top her 2021 look where she just wore the black like silhouette outfit. Admittedly, that was iconic that she's so famous that she doesn't even need to be seen. Just her silhouette there is powerful enough. Oh, that is so legendary, Kim. And she's she's I mean, she's not humble at all. And guess what? It's true. She absolutely pulled it off and i love the subtle yet powerful message of the marilyn monroe dress she's saying she is the present day marilyn monroe and it's true and she fought to get in that dress so when she first called ripley's believe it or not those are the people who own the original dress that marilyn wore when she's saying happy birthday mr president and like grabbed her titties as she did it that is where the original dress is from so she called them and even though she's kim kardashian they told her no you're not trying it on And to be honest, they probably didn't want her body that shaped like a Coke bottle to break the dress. So they said no. And Kim wasn't even going to go. She called them back and she said, please, like, this is my vision. I will do anything. I will pay you millions. I will promote Ripley's Believe It or Not on my socials. And a brand deal post from Kim is like over a million dollars worth. She said that she would do an appearance for them. She would give the museum her clothes to put on display. She would do anything. And they still said no. So she had to do another plan to make her vision come true. So she had Chris Jenner, the devilish businesswoman that she is, probably drunk off a few vodkas, call them. Who knows what Chris Jenner said to them to get them to agree to let Kim wear that outfit? I'm assuming it had something to do with money she probably if i had to guess how chris jenner got her to wear i'd say chris said imagine the value of that dress going up if kim wears it and it's successful imagine how many people are going to come to your museum we'll mention you on the show you guys can make millions off of this that's probably what she said that's smart um and chris jenner's life motto is if someone tells you no you're talking to the wrong person so she got them to say yes but even just that is a lot to make her vision come true that she had to like fight through walls of people and really shake people down to get her to do it. A lot of people just would have turned around at the first no. Other than that, she lost 16 pounds in three weeks, as we already said. And on the show, you saw her really just eating like vegetables and hummus. I'm assuming she ate probably like 800 calories a day. I'm not even kidding. She was wearing sauna suits, working out twice a day with her trainer, while also being a lawyer, having four kids, having all these businesses, filming a show, and having other work stuff to do oh and being sued for a hundred million dollars that same exact week from black china god what a fucking headache and she still managed to do it all she still managed to lose the weight get prepared for the show and she had to dye her hair blonde and a lot of people could potentially burn their hair off if they dye their hair blonde too fast so she stayed up 15 hours the night before the met gala and dyed her hair blonde in one night. So she went to that Met Gala tired as fuck, 
hungry as fuck, starving, absolutely emaciated, basically, and had to wear heels that were like 10 inches high because Marilyn was so much taller than her. Imagine how hard it would be to walk in those after being tired as fuck, hungry as fuck. You do not have the energy to even walk up the stairs. I'm surprised she didn't pass out on the fucking stairs. And she still did everything and got those iconic, legendary photos that will now live in fame or infamy, (laughs) infamy forever. And this is what she said about the whole event. This year's Met to me represents dedication and hard work and having my own voice and vision, being determined and making shit happen. I've never had this kind of willpower before. I love how this is just what I love about Kim. Her vision was so clear. She knows the opportunity and the phase of her life that she's in right now. It's this mega beyond the A-list biggest opportunity of your life to make the most mark on not even like pop culture anymore. Kim is going for her mark on history period. So she is going to do whatever and work so hard every single day doing 15 things. She's always chasing something she wants every day when she wakes up and no matter what gets in her way, no matter what she has to do to make herself uncomfortable or that makes her life harder. I flew all the way to Florida to try on the Maryland dress at Ripley's. They were not going to let me wear this dress. They weren't even going to let me try it on until Chris Jenner calls. Chris, what did you say to Ripley's? Because they were like flat out no. And I was like, please, mom, if you make this happen, I'll marry you. (laughs) I would have done anything. I cannot tell you my secrets. But if somebody says no, you know what I say. You're talking to the wrong person. She was just, I was there and I was like screaming at her on the phone going, I'll pay for it. All this. I'll fly to Florida. I'll do an appearance at Ripley's. All this. And she's just like, shut up, shut up. She kept muting them and going. So after my mom's conversation, they've agreed to let me try on the dress one last time. And if it fits, I'm going to the Met. If it doesn't fit, I'm not going to the Met. I can't sit in a car i can't risk it i can't it's so fragile you guys like this dress is like no one can touch me so if anyone touches me and gets their oils on the dress like it's too risky to get in the car and leave from the hotel and do it so all of this this losing the weight dyeing the hair for 30 hours leaving the hotel in a robe getting there changing on the red carpet just walking to the top of the red carpet, then changing again into a replica of the dress because we can't risk sitting in it and eating dinner is all for maybe 10 minutes of my life just on the red carpet. Like, that's it. But we'll live in history forever. She's going to do it. She's going to find a way because she has the will to do it. So what can we learn from this? Where there is a will, there is a way. An obstacle is not the end. An obstacle is just that. It is an obstacle. You can find a solution to it. There is a solution to it. There's going to be obstacles every single time for anything you do, but you can't use them as an excuse to stop. Your success is in your own hands. No excuses. Do everything you can because where there is a will, there is a way. we already know from last week drake hates women 
But he's proving it once again. And this week, he hates the woman by the name of Taylor Swift. And he is dissing Taylor Swift for what we talked about last episode. So as we know, last episode, we talked about how Taylor wants Antihero to stay number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So she put out four remixes last week that will add to the streaming numbers, that will add to the chart points of the song, and cumulatively let the song grow and stay number one. Smart. People think it's cheating. But I spoke about how last time that I don't think it's cheating. And I think Taylor has a right to do that. And it's not fraudulent at all. She's just playing the music industry game like every single person is. And whoever comes at her is a hypocrite. She's not doing it fraudulently at all. She has to have fans that will stream those remixes. Fans that will even let the song have the option of being number one at all. And she had some competition this week. And it was Drake. Drake is very stiff competition. I think him and Ed Sheeran are the two biggest competitors for number one right now, just based on how good they do on the charts. So the only people that could, I think, really take her down on this new release is one of them. And Drake just released. So she knew she had some competition, and that's why she did that. Because Drake's woman-hating album, Her Loss, came out. And that meant that all the straggets and angsty preteen incels in training were going to stream it all week. Drake does big numbers, so Taylor could have potentially lost that spot to him. But guess what? She didn't. She won, and she got number one. (laughs) Drake got number two, as well as numbers three through nine. So he had eight of the top ten spots. Not number one, though. Not all ten. (laughs) So I guess Taylor's just a little bit better, huh? And he threw a fit. He threw a fucking fit. He says, a woman beating me? I hate women. That's what he said. (laughs) So Drake posted the chart data, like the official top 10 on his Twitter. And he put the caption, the Hot 100 this week, hit the link in the bio for a closer look at this week's top songs. But on the actual photo, he covered up Taylor's number one spot with some disrespectful ass emojis like the eight ball a guy thinking the like sweat dripping down the face because you're embarrassed emoji he's such a like petty bitch get over it champagne poppy bitch he's like such a loser for covering her up like that like as if just because he covers her up she's not the number one spot she is and his producer did the same thing he put the chart on his instagram story And his sassy ass, embarrassing, fragile little ego caption was, the world knows what the real number one song was. Yeah, he said the world knows what the real number one song was. And then he put the emoji like with all the teeth out, like uh, that emoji. He put hashtag Rich Flex is the number one song or should be the number one song. That's what he's saying, not Taylor Swift. And then finish it by saying, no tricks on this side. No tricks on this side. He's saying Taylor is pulling some tricks and she's fraudulent and she doesn't deserve the number one. Let me just tell you something. Taylor has the real number one and she does not let men fuck with her. She draws the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. She doesn't let them fuck with her. She's learned her lesson at this point. She never trusts a narcissist, which men are. And let me tell you something else. Drake is the fraudulent one. Drake is fraudulent. He 
posted, him and 21 Savage, posted fake Vogue covers all around town on social medias. Literally fake printed covers of Vogue of him and 21 Savage trying to promote the album. Because if people thought it was on Vogue, maybe they would go and buy it. Or they would buy one of these fake Vogue covers with an album copy. And then he got sued by Vogue because Vogue said, we have no association with them. We did not consent to this. We have no idea why he's doing this. These are fake. They sued him for over $4 million. So he's the one being fraudulent and literally getting sued. And that is so embarrassing for him. And watch all his spots on the chart just plummet next week. And Taylor knew something like this would happen. Taylor knew they were going to come for her this week. She probably knew they were releasing for a long time, but she didn't let that scare her into backing down, even though they're trying to bully her now. But she also knew if she let them win, they would be on a song tomorrow talking about, I beat out Taylor. I made that famous. Blah, 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 blah. She knew that was going to happen. And she's done playing games. She's going to win them. She outplayed them. Period. And she got the number one hit. She blocked them. And she doesn't care if they're mad at her success. She is the number one artist in the world. And they're just going to have to deal with that. I'm sorry that you cannot get all top 10 spots like Taylor. Maybe just up your game, Drake. I don't know. But he didn't need to be so shady to her. That is a fact. She probably saw that and was like, oh, of course. So what can we learn from this? People will try to undercut your success. They'll try to find a reason to say you don't deserve it and why it should be them and not you. People could spread lies about you and take you down because they can't handle that you're doing better than them. They'll cheat and steal. People will try to make you feel bad for doing the same shit that they're doing to try to achieve success. They're just not doing it as good. So what I'm trying to say is when you achieve success more and more, the more people get jealous and try to undercut you. Most success, more problems, but in a good way that you should want. So the message here is don't let that scare you. Don't let that scare you from reaching for success and succeeding farther than you ever could because you're scared of what people could say, people trying to take you down. They're mad at you because you're that bitch causing all that conversation. If you're not causing all that conversation, you're probably not that bitch. If people aren't jealous of you, hating on you, you're probably doing something wrong. So don't let what people say shy you away from trying to be successful as you could want. Taylor knew she would get this hate, but she didn't let that stop her from doing everything in her power to get that number one because she knows she deserves it. She knows she is the rightful number one and she wasn't going to let anyone tell her different. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Pop Culture Universe at T today, you guys. Again, Petty Pop Culture. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I can't wait for next episode too because we're going to talk about Grammy nominations. They're coming out tomorrow. So look out for those. I'm so nervous and excited. I was going to like do a little... Uh, like prediction thing today but i was like you know what no we can just talk about all about the grammys next episode and you know when grammy nominations come out people get heated as fuck so i cannot wait to see what comes out from all of that so make sure you tune into next episode i always lose track of days what day is it tuesday i hope you guys have a great rest of the work week it is successful for y'all y'all stay in the grind y'all get that bread but even if your day-to-day is not so hasn't for you as we learned today life goes by quick so i encourage you to find something enjoyable about today that you can do that will make today a day worth living and makes you happy because we cannot wait for tomorrow to be happy we have to be happy today so find something that you enjoy today even if it's just like going to starbucks even if it's like doing a puzzle or (laughs) playing solitaire whatever 
taking a little step towards your dream, going to the gym, walking, chasing, you know, health, whatever. Do something that will make you happy. Um, yeah, and I cannot wait for Friday. Make sure to rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a cute little review. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post on your Instagram story and tag me. It will mean the most. I love when people do that, and I always see it and DM them back super quick. So screenshot, post it to your Instagram story. Don't be scared. Do it. I want to talk to you. Um, and yeah, until... Next time, have the best week. I love all my besties, and I will see you Friday. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.